is the eighth episode of the Dance Teacher Diaries podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jean Watts, teacher, consultant, choreographer, and founder of The Movement Mentor. Like I say in every episode, we do choreography, train dancers, work with coaches and studios, build curriculum, custom costumes, dance photography, and we actually have our next big Studio Lights photo shoot coming up. If you are a website subscriber, you will have already received an email about this for priority booking. So if you do want to hear about our events, workshops, photo shoots before everybody else, make sure you get on that subscriber list. But this photo shoot will open up to the public for booking on April 27th. And of course, we will announce that on our social media. These sell out every single time we do them. So hopefully everybody who wants to get in this time around will be able to. This episode is for dancers and the people who love them. (laughs) Last episode was really aimed at coaches and directors that are preparing for tryouts and auditions, but I didn't forget about the people attending that are hoping to make the team or get on the teams or into the specific dances that they want. So today is a little collection of advice for all of you dancing listeners. I was so torn trying to find a photo for this week's cover art. I wanted to pick something from one of our previous photo shoots in honor of talking about the studio lights coming up in this episode. And guys, we have so many amazing pictures of dancers and we've only been doing this a little while. I can't imagine in a couple years how many pictures we'll have, how I would ever pick for anything. But I can't even say there were like five, there were 15, 20... I had no idea which dancer to pick, and ultimately I ended up with this picture of Serena that I absolutely love. This was of course taken during one of our Studio Lights photo shoots. Serena is a dancer I've worked with many times, and I make her solo costumes every year, and I just think she looks so great in this picture. Every time I look at it, to be honest, it reminds me of this little tiny girl just starting dance, you know, and it has been a journey. And I love that I get to watch her continue to grow and figure it out. And even it's cool that we have this series of pictures as she gets older that shows the way she changes and gets more technical and finds her artistry in different ways. It's just so cool. So This week's cover art is Serena. Disclaimer, this podcast talks in terms of real life situations. The intention is never to be overly harsh or critical, but we aren't going to avoid talking about the issues. The following opinions are just that, an opinion that others are free to disagree with and may not reflect everyone's exact experiences. Please try not to take anything too personally unless you are inspired to reflect or reconsider. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of anyone Sarah Jean Watts LLC works with and are intended for general knowledge. Everything we discuss here is meant to be constructive but honest. Here we go. Heading into some advice for dancers that are preparing for tryouts and auditions for next season's competitive teams. First thing, number one, do your homework. Boo! (laughs) Who who wants to do homework? But yes, you have to, and hopefully this will be kind of fun as far as homework goes. I mean, I actually like regular homework, but for those of you who don't, this should be a little bit more fun. Just like you need to do in the future, 
for colleges, higher education, job resumes, applications, um, financial investments, major purchases, important life decisions. If, if you catch my drift, this will be with you now and forever. You need to do your research. So find out things about the program that you are trying out or auditioning for. What is its main purpose and mission? What are they trying to do? What is their main objective? How do they spend most of their time? Who runs it or coaches it, teaches it? Any one of those things or all of those things if there's multiple amounts of people. I mean, you don't have to know every intimate detail, just like who is mainly in charge of this. Or sometimes there's a program that you wanna get into, but they're kind of managed or run by a parent company or a parent program. So know that ahead of time too, if you can. Look for these things on Instagram, Facebook, their website. Sometimes if it's a school, you'll have to go through the school or the district website to find it. But hopefully nowadays, anybody who's got a trial or audition process is certainly posting information somewhere. Research the structure, commitment, financial obligations, typical schedule. These are important things. You wanna know how this is laid out. And if you're younger, you might be like, okay, that's way in over my head but maybe for parents that are listening, some things to look into. But even if you're younger, you should know a little bit about what you're going into. How is this organized? How much commitment are you going to have to give? So for those of you who are not quite sure what that means, how many days a week are you gonna have to spend on this? Do you have to spend a lot of out of practice time? Are you prepared to give up doing sometimes some of the things that you want that feel more fun to do some of the things that you have to do, like practice, stretch, do strength training, things like that. Um, weekend rehearsals is very common in the competitive world. That takes up a lot of time and you might miss out on other events because you're doing this, which it's, it can be really fun and being at competitions and being in you know performances and recitals, that is really fun, but there might be a little bit of a trade-off, right? Or you have to come home from school and then go to dance. And on days where you're particularly tired, you don't feel like going, you gotta pack that dance bag and drag your little keister to class. You gotta go. So, commitment. Financial obligations, so how much is this going to cost? Where does this funding come from? What does the typical schedule look like? Not just on a weekly basis, but throughout the year. Also look into what styles they do. So there are some programs that do particular styles really well. Some do a, you know, like a collection of everything. Some focus on only one or two things. So what kind of styles do they do? What do they do the most? Maybe what do they do the best? What does it seem like they do the most? And see if this aligns with your goals. So if you really love tap, look for a studio that includes tap because there are a good number of competitive studios that don't do that these days. Um, so that's just one example. Or if you really love modern contemporary and you're looking at getting on a school team but they compete palm and kick you will not be doing much modern and contemporary actually probably none at all so that wouldn't be a good fit seems obvious but just make sure that whatever this program or team is doing is what you want to be doing okay you're gonna have to spend a lot of time with it so it should be what you want look for all of their tryout and audition info when is it where is it and the what's. What do you need to be doing and what do you need to be submitting? Usually there is something that you have to submit beforehand, an application, fill out a questionnaire. Sometimes there are photos and videos that you have to submit. So know everything that you need to fill out and send in. And then hopefully there's some information about what you need to be doing at the actual tryout. 
And if it isn't posted anywhere, but in my previous episode, I did suggest to program directors and coaches that you do give some information about what people should expect coming into your tryout, not just have them coming in blind. That can be very overwhelming and some people might not even then take the risk to come. But look for that information or and or if they have a workshop or clinic ahead of time, that might be a good opportunity to find out a little bit more about what they're expecting of you on that day. And sometimes actually some tryouts or auditions structure, not just that you come on the specific day, right? But it's it's like a multi-day. So maybe you have to come day one and two to learn the material and then on the third day you actually try out with it. So kind of find out how this process works for whoever you're auditioning for. And the last thing I have under do your homework is to read the materials available. Dancers, read the materials available. Parents, read the materials available. (laughs) Guardians, read the material. Okay, you get it. Whatever they have available, if it's just posts, if it's something on the website, if it's a handbook and it would be fantastic if there was even just a small handbook and then you get a bigger one later, but whatever there is, read that fully, understand, know what it is, and then ask questions ahead of time if you have any. The next suggestion I have is to try to get some first-hand insight. So yes, you did kind of your digging and your mining and your data search, but first-hand insight would be talk to people who are already in the program, ask them what it's like, how do they prepare? So sometimes you don't have to re-audition, but I think most, especially nowadays, most programs you have to re-audition for every year. So how do they prepare for it? Um, hey, maybe even ask what are some of the things that make them the most nervous so that you can kind of go, would that make me nervous? Or I know that everybody's going to be kind of feeling the same way and this is normal. You might ask also what to wear. Hopefully the tryout information will include that, but still, I know how it is to be like, I know what it says, but like, what are you wearing? Don't we all like ask somebody, what are you wearing? What are you wearing to this? What are you wearing to that? So maybe that would, that would one less thing to worry about if you go, oh, I'm going to wear basically the same thing as the people who've been on the team before or similar. And they might have tips and tricks for you. Maybe not like, I don't mean tips and tricks like cheat coats, <laughs> but like, hey, this is what I always do before. Or they're like, you know, try to stand in this spot if you want the best view or they, they give us the information, but then we go out of the room, so you'll be able to kind of work on it in the hallway. Whatever experience people have to give you. Ask questions, soak that up. Also, uh, when you try to get first-hand insight, you can talk to, or you can get a feel for what to expect from a dancer's perspective. As coaches, teachers, directors, we are putting out information and we are trying to take into consideration how dancers feel, what they want to know, all of that, right? But it is always a little different coming from another dancer in that situation. So what actually happens? We, Aside from our description of how this is going to go, a, a peer-to-peer conversation, so like that means asking another dancer, asking somebody you know, asking somebody in the program, their interpretation of it might sound a little different than how those of us kind of running and putting it together are describing it. Um, How long do you get to learn it? Might be a good question to ask. To perform it, uh, does everybody sit around and wait in the lobby? Does everybody practice in the lobby? Are we just kind of sitting out there? 
Um, maybe ask another dancer, does it feel fast? Like, do the combos always feel really fast? Or does the routine always feel really fast, but it's okay everybody feels that way? Or does it feel fast at first and then you get it? Um, do you go in groups or one by one? Some of these things would probably not be put out in tryout or audition information. You know, we're, we're most likely not going to say, hey, you will go in groups of four and then, you know, we'll narrow it down to two and then, you know, we might ask one-on-one. Maybe if there's an informational meeting that could be asked, but in like a general announcement, a, a bulletin post, a, a website post, a blog post, all of that stuff might not be in there. So see if you can hunt down somebody to ask for those types of things. And like I said, a dancer's perspective, because it's going to sound different coming from somebody your own age or in a similar situation. This is also a good idea for parents. See what life is like for the other parents already involved in this program. Facebook, Instagram, message. Maybe you know somebody who knows somebody, is somebody's older sibling. And if there are informational meetings, that might be another place that you can go and meet some of the other parents too. I think people kind of hang out afterwards, right? Are they, you know, in the lobby area, kind of outside or wherever, you know, the hallway leading to the gym. And either before or after the meeting would be a good chance to just say, hey, like, have you been here before? Or how long has your dancer been on the team? And then ask some of those things. Okay, the next piece of advice or tip is to sort out what you can work on in the time you have and what you won't have ready. Okay, so if you're starting to plan for this a year or more in advance, and for some people who know they want to get on certain college teams or they're in middle school and they know which high school they're going to, right, you might have started preparing for this well before the time has come. So if, you, if you're starting to plan for a year or more in advance, you can work on building a large number of skills, adding certain acro stuff, technique improvements, getting more experience in certain styles that this team or program really does a lot of or weighs very heavily, work on having greater strength and flexibility, which is always a benefit. If you have time on your side, those are things that you can do. If you are thinking about joining or changing programs with only a couple months or less to go, you need realistic goals. And some of those things are just too large of a challenge to tackle in a smaller time frame. I don't I don't want to discourage you from trying, but you need to be realistic about what you can really improve so that you feel the most confident and most prepared for this tryout. So like I said, it's hard to make distinctive changes in technique or like a large skill set in a small time frame. So focus on refining the skills that you do have or adding one level up. So an example of this would be if you have a double turn, get that double to a triple. If you have a running aerial, get that to a standing aerial. We want to move away from running aerials, especially in dance, and get into one where it doesn't even take like maybe... You had a running aerial, then you go to a chenet hurdle, then you go to a hurdle, and then you just go to a step or basically a standing aerial, right? So trying to step up your skills like one level above where you are or taking a look at the skills that you do have and going, okay, how can I make these more polished? How can I make these skills that I have right now better? Like I said before, don't give up on the bigger changes. Some progress is better than no progress. So once you kind of figured out, here's what I'm really going to hone in on. Here are some of the other changes I want to make. I don't have a lot of time, but I am going to keep working on them. Certainly if I wasn't before, I am going to prioritize that now in some sense because 
progress can be made in a month or two for sure. And when it comes to knowing what you're good at, like kind of strat strategy, I guess we could call this in some ways, double down on what you're good at. Know which styles are your best, which aspects are your strongest. So maybe you perform with tons of energy and expression. Make that your strongest, biggest, boldest thing because that's one of the best things that you do. Maybe you learn very quickly, which means that if they're doing, like if it's a trial or audition where you have to learn the combo at the time or the day before, something like that, smaller window, right? You might have an advantage there because while some people who learn a little bit slower, and I am a slower learner, that's, I'm one of those people. I've never been a super quick learner when it comes to choreography. So the people that can pick things up really quickly, they are not having to think about memorization and you get to think about, you get to go, okay, I already got the choreography. Now let me work on some of the hard parts or get some of these skills tweaked or now I can work on my performance and you can stand out in that way. If you're going, oh, great, well, I'm a slow learner. What am I going to do? Like I said, maybe you're a slow learner, but a great performer. You can mess up the steps and still give great expression, great performance, show good technique in there, and that might still be okay. And in my experience in any audition or tryout that I have ever conducted or judged, there's an understanding that some of the material may not come out quite right. It hasn't been drilled in, it hasn't been super memorized, but if you're still showing other positive aspects we look for, that's still a plus. Uh, maybe you're a, a strong jumper and leaper, so whenever that comes up in either the choreography or like when you just show individual skills, maximize on that. No, okay. Anywhere in this combo where there's a kick, a jump, a leap, I'm definitely gonna hit that hard. I'm gonna showcase what I do best. Uh, maybe you're a person who catches on to the details. You know, everybody's supposed to look here on this count, do a certain kind of wrist, a flat, a flexed, you know, little things like that. It's, it should be this little tweak of the foot, this shoulder should come forward. If you are good at picking up on small details like that, that is also something that can be noticed. Like, okay, maybe this needs a little bit of polishing up right here, but did you see how they got the small pieces of the choreography? We're not going to have to remind, remind, remind. I, I, I'm not saying that if you pick one of these, you're it's a shoe-in, right? I don't know. I don't know the program. I don't know the process. Can't guarantee anything, but... Double down on what you're good at so that you feel very confident going into the audition or as confident as you can, right? Everybody has something to bring to the table. So know what yours is and then highlight it. Another tip we have is to prepare with a friend. Ideally, auditioning with someone you know means that you guys can work on the material or skills list together and you won't feel as alone and nervous the day of because you kind of have like a buddy with you, right? But if not, if you know, you're not auditioning with anyone you know, then see if any dance friends, do you have dance friends? Maybe they will practice with you just for fun or maybe they are, you know, you guys are going, ended up going to different schools or they're going to one studio and you're going to school program, something like that. And maybe you guys can get ready together even though you're going to different programs. So it kind of like, keeps you accountable or like you can motivate each other on whatever things that you need to work on. Okay, a couple more. This next tip is simple. Get yourself ready. But I have three categories of that. Get yourself ready physically, mentally, and emotionally. So let's go back to the top. Get yourself ready physically before the tryout or audition. And 
quite honestly, leading up to it because we can't just do things suddenly the day before. But get enough sleep, drink enough water, fuel your body with healthy foods. Let's not be crashing on a sugar high. Have the proper clothing and shoes. Now, maybe sometimes you're like, okay, well, everybody's wearing, you know, this type of jazz shoe and I don't have that and this is all I have at the moment. That's usually fine. Just have what you need to wear on your body and your feet and what you need to bring. Have that ready. That's part of the physical. Warm up and prep skills or material that you can beforehand. Don't come in to the, the audition completely cold, haven't done anything that day. I mean, maybe if it's a 6 a.m. call, but unless you're a professional dancer listening to this, in which case some of those, probably most of it does really apply to you. 6 a.m. calls, probably not. Okay, so try to warm up and get ready before then. So you can come in maybe at the audition or tryout, they are going to do another warm up or they're going to walk through everything. But you want to kind of have a jump start on this. It's like warming up the car in the cold weather. It's nice to get into a warm car. It's nice to go into a nerve wracking situation already warmed up and having run some stuff. Another part of getting ready physically is don't sleep on a sneak peek or multi-day auditions. Show that you will do the work. If you get to know the material beforehand, especially if it's a dance combination, or like I said before when I was talking about multi-day auditions, maybe you learn it on day one and two and then you perform on three. If you have material ahead of time, there's a very good chance that whoever is judging this audition is going to weigh that into their decision on the final day or on the actual day. If you get the material on the spot, that's a little bit different. We know that you're kind of processing it, but if you get it ahead of time, judges and coaches are usually expecting that you will have taken that material, not only the time that you have together, but also done the work on your own to memorize it, to get it up to speed. It doesn't mean it has to be perfect and everybody won't be the same because it hasn't been cleaned, right? But there's an expectation that you are demonstrating that you have done it. If you come back day two or three and really don't know this material or these combinations at all, that is a red flag. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna make it, but I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's a it's a red flag that, okay, they had it yesterday, or they, they were given it yesterday or a week ago, and they don't know what they're doing. So how can I trust that when we start to really work on competitive material or you know company material that they're going to put in the work, that they're gonna be prepared, that they're gonna know it? Don't be a sleeper on that stuff. Let's talk about getting yourself ready mentally. Maybe you need focus music. There's some people that need like relaxing music or the, you know, like a, a special playlist or like their favorite songs they have. I know some people that need like motivational music that gets them pumped up. Maybe you like to meditate beforehand, kind of maybe close out the energy. I think more often than not, people do a little bit better when they get themselves in the zone. They kind of block out what's going around them and focus on themselves because everybody else's energy can kind of affect your buzz and your vibe. It can psych you out sometimes. It can make you intimidated. It can make you focus on what everybody else is doing and comparing yourself to them. So get in your own headspace, sort yourself out, focus on what you can control. Be prepared so that you aren't rushed or stressed. Life happens, but as best as possible, when we are rushing or doing things last minute, right, our, heart, our stress level goes up, our heart rate gets elevated, we feel like we're behind the curve, we didn't have enough 
time to prepare. And then that stress is going to carry over into the audition process. And I already touched on this a little bit, but worry about yourself and not what everyone else around you is doing or how well you think they're dancing. All you can do that day is bring your best possible self onto the floor. Even if it has mistakes or flaws or it isn't where you'd like it to be or it doesn't look like the girl next to you. You do you, focus on yourself. That's the only thing that you can control. Oops, sorry. The only thing that you can control. It does no benefit to be constantly comparing yourself to other people or bringing your mood, your energy, and your confidence down because you are analyzing what's going on with somebody else. You're not the one doing the judging. You don't know exactly what they're looking for. From where you're standing, they may have looked like they nailed it, but over here, those of us on our paper, we wrote some other stuff down. Or maybe not. Maybe you think that they look great and we think they look great. Irrelevant. You're here to audition for yourself. Uh, Last one about getting yourself ready, emotionally. This is likely going to be a high stress, high pressure, very judgment orientated situation. There will likely be a lack of emotional response from judges. Um, Depending on the type of tryout or audition, I often try to smile at the people that are performing to ease their nerves and make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Know that I am enjoying watching them dance because I love watching dance. But sometimes I'm not. And like separate from trials and auditions, if I'm judging competition, that's pretty much a straight face. I don't like to put any expression on my face during that. But at trial auditions, you might see a little bit, but be prepared to not see any emotional response from judges. And that doesn't mean that they don't like what you're doing. It's just that they are focused on judging right now and being objective. Okay. You're also going to be possibly receiving feedback on the spot. That can be hard. And especially if it's done publicly in front of your peers, just take it in. It's only being given to you because whoever is delivering it wants you to be able to do something with it, wants you to be able to make it better. Maybe you didn't realize that was happening and you can make a small tweak to fix it. Maybe, right? So just listen, nod, smile, take it in, don't freak out. Uh, Getting ready emotionally, uh, again, being... An important part, here, here's, here's a really important one, guys. Being resilient, that is a fancy word, but just like get back in it if you mess up. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people mess something up or not do what they wanted to, and they like you just watch them start to shut down. It's like a robot whose battery is dying or something, right? And they're just, you just, the light is draining out of their eyes, there is fear in their face. If it's like a skill and they mess up the skill and they're like, you can see the panic in their face. Like, are they going to let me do it again? That was the worst triple turn I've ever done in my whole life. I can't believe I just did it right now. They're like spiraling, right? Or watching that happen. And maybe you get a second chance to do it. Maybe you don't. But there are other things to come. So we need you to bounce back so that the next thing that you do is better. Or if you blank in the middle of the combination and you were going along, dance, 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 suddenly you forget the whole thing or you miss three counts, or you look over and you are six beats ahead of the next girl, whatever the situation is, try to be resilient. If you don't know what that means, just consider it bouncing back. Shake it off, and as quickly as possible, get yourself sorted back out. Believe it or not, that is a beneficial quality. 
mistakes happen, accidents happen, things happen on the competitive floor, on the performance stage, wherever. So it is good to be able to recover quickly from that type of situation. And then we know that, yeah, maybe when things don't go the way they want, that that dancer is going to be able to pick it back up, get back in the groove, and I'm not going to have to worry that they're going to spiral and crash. One more thing for being emotionally ready or preparing yourself emotionally, and this is for more so after. If you make it, if you make the team, you get on the program, you're in the company, whatever it is, if you make it, be gracious. If you don't know what that means, it's kind of like being humble or now you you should be able to be happy and you should feel like you are able to celebrate that you achieved your goal. You got what you wanted, you made the team, whatever that is. Yes, you should be happy for yourself, you should be able to celebrate. But we can there's a way to do it that is respectful of the people who did not get their goal. They did not get their dream at this point in time. You know, here's another example. If you had friends that didn't make it and now you're no longer their friend or you you know you don't talk to them or you know you gathered together with the people who did make it and now they're excluded those are not particularly gracious ways to behave okay so be happy for yourself but also be gracious humble if you don't make it be determined to find your right fit now This may mean another year of working hard towards this exact same program or team. It might mean that you did get in, but you're on a different level than you expected. It might mean that you need to look at another team or another program. If you don't get the results that you want, be determined to figure out how to make this work for you. Because again, this is a life skill. There, this will not be the first and or last time that you don't get what you want. But we have to keep going. And sometimes not getting what you want actually leads you right into what you never knew you wanted. And that's easier to say when you're not the person feeling the emotions of not, you know, getting in or getting what you want. I know it can be like just heartbreaking. I know. But you need to pick up the pieces and be determined to do something from this experience. So like I said, maybe you keep working. Maybe you look at alternative options. Maybe you are in, but it's a different level. And you go, okay, got it. This They put me at this level. This is where they think they am. So I have the next year or the next season to show why next time I belong in the other level. This is, I don't want to get on a tangent, you know, like I always do. But this is just a, a quick little reminder. When people feel like they belong a level above where they're placed, or two levels, who knows what, like you should make it obvious that you belong on a different level. It should be blatantly obvious to everybody. And if you weren't put there, then it's not as obvious as you think. So lace up the boots, what's it, Boot bootstraps? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps? There, is that the expression? <laughs> okay. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go, got it. I will make it crystal clear that that's where I belong by my work ethic, my performance, my technique, my execution, my leadership, whatever that is. And know that not getting on your dream team does not mean you're a failure at dance. Every knock is not a yes. 
You will make a lot of attempts in your life that will not go as planned. You will make a lot of attempts in your life that will in some sense or another fail. They might be straight up failures, didn't do it at all. They might be close, but not exactly. So just know that every knock is not a yes. You have to keep knocking on the next door, on the next door, on the next opportunity. Get yourself ready now for what's coming down the road that you don't even see. Last thing I have for you today is be ready to welcome change. Whether you're just starting out in the dance world, you're returning to a program, or you're switching to something else or somewhere new, there are guaranteed changes. Like what's the expression? The only thing constant is change. There will probably be new teachers, new coaches, new or different classes, new and different people. You will make new friends. Maybe you'll kind of grow apart from some older friends, hopefully not on purpose and you know, a rude way, but you might just grow apart from other friends that you don't see as often, you aren't spending as much time with. There will be changes in skills that you're expected to do or the way that you're expected to do them. There will be new challenges, um, expectations of your work ethic, your behavior. Maybe the way you used to do something last year is just not gonna cut it anymore. Maybe not for a level up, maybe not for this new program. Uh, Schedules will change. Rules will change. Know that this is going to happen your best bet is to welcome it. It doesn't mean that it's easy. Change is often not easy, but know that it's coming and the best that you can welcome those changes and go, this is the next phase. I was recently talking to somebody and they said, hey, you should say it on the podcast. I have no idea actually what it was, but I do know that I did mention this analogy of, you know, we we have little baby plants and we put them in little baby pots, but when they grow, they need to be moved into a bigger pot. And for that plant, you dancer, you little plant, <laughs> that is a new environment with new changes. Okay, so we sometimes we outgrow our pot. In fact, we always, for the rest of your life, you will be outgrowing your pot and transplanting to someplace new. And with that, I mean, like I'm saying, it will happen. So it's okay to go through different seasons in your life. Actually, it's it's more than okay. It's necessary. It will happen as long as you're alive. Uh, I should never sing on the podcast. I can't sing and I know that. But of course, when I say go through different seasons of your life, it reminds me of this song that maybe a lot of the younger dancers, maybe most dancers, even teenagers be like, I don't know what song you're talking about. There is a season, turn, turn. And you know, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. (laughs) That's enough singing. I could sing more of it, but I'm I'm such a terrible singer that I'm not going to. (laughs) I, I won't make you listen to that. Back on track, okay? So it's okay to go through different seasons of your life. It's necessary to go through different seasons of your life. Sometimes there are difficult goodbyes. Embrace it. Sometimes there are devastating disappointments. Embrace it. I know that one feels like a hard one, but just trust me, sometimes putting back together broken pieces is beautiful. Sometimes there will be unexpected redirections. Embrace it. You sense a theme coming here? Sometimes you'll be given opportunities to grow in ways you never thought you could. Embrace it. And that is a wrap. Hopefully you found this helpful dancers and even parents 
who are looking for ways to help their kids, young or old, work through this kind of challenge. I know this can be a very emotional experience, even if you're just re-auditioning for someplace that you've been for years. Keep preparing in the ways that you can. Have confidence that you will get through this no matter the outcome. And never stop reaching for your goals. Trust me, it will always be worth it. Don't forget to head over to our website and subscribe for first dibs on our scheduling and booking this coming season. Plus, join the waitlist if you are wanting to experience a dance photo shoot with us. DM your questions and topic suggestions to us on Instagram at The Movement Mentor and at Dance Teacher Diaries or on Facebook at The Movement Mentor Official. And check us out and contact us on our website, themovementmentor.com. Thank you for listening this week. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help us connect and do more for people in the dance community. And remember, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you.